You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football, sponsored by Sport Buff. I'm your host, Tim Capper, along with Cliffy Day. Cliff, for the, the number of the week is 6-4-3. That's all I can six, say, four, three. Six, four, three for the for the first time in 643 days. It is Alouette's game day. Wow. Just, man, after all this time off, after everything that's been going on for the past year and a half, to think that we're finally actually going to get an actual game day, wow, it's it's a little overwhelming. It's definitely exciting. Uh, I mean, it, it's unfortunate that it's not here in Montreal, but you know what? That's fine. That's fine. I'm, You know what? It's just going to help build up that anticipation even more to finally see a live game but just knowing that we can at least tune into tsn rds espn and be able to watch the alouettes play Mm -hmm. actual football like meaningful football that is exciting that is beyond exciting yep and if you happen to be driving also for for the very first time sean campbell with the new the new english radio voice of the alouettes be listening to him on tsn 690 um, I don't think I think because the Al- it's an Elks home game. It it won't be the Alouettes broadcast on Sirius XM, but still, you should be. I think I think the Olympic um, blackout has been dropped. I think they had an Olympic blackout, so you couldn't listen to them in the U.S. You can now. I think you can now listen to TSN six ninety again. Get your taste of Sean and Mark. So should be good. Should be good gonna be exciting yeah um i mean that I mean, that's where it comes down to is the fact that any way you slice it however you 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 choose to enjoy the game just to know that alouette's football is back we finally get to see everything that we've been hearing about talking about you know lo- finally seeing it live finally actually seeing it in action it's it's exciting there's just no other way to put it it's it's truly exciting yeah exactly and uh, because we are playing the Elks this week, um, where we have one of the guys from the uh, Turf District podcast, uh, uh, Mike Superfan Knutson. Um, we'll be talking with him very shortly and uh, get his perspective on what's coming up this week for the Alouettes. Alouettes football, baby! I'm, I'm pumped, man. But I'm pumped, but I'm also a little bit apprehensive because. You know, yes, there were a lot of positives that came out of week one in the CFL. Uh, It wasn't as bad as football as we thought it was going to be. Um, To me, it kind of mirrors what the NFL was um, for their first week because they didn't have preseason either last year. Um, The Alouettes have been very, very lucky when it comes to not having some of the injuries that some of these other teams had during training camp. Mm-hmm. But I'm st- again, as I said, I'm a little bit, a little bit apprehensive because even though the, with the Alouettes having the the uh, having game film on the Elks that they could look at this week, and even you know, and the Elks not having any Al's game tape, I'm still 
I don't want it to end up being like I'm curious to know, you know, like a preseason game. I'm curious to know how this team actually is going to play with when it comes to live football. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm just again, I'm scared. I, I want them to play well. I want them to win, obviously, but I'm still apprehensive, dude. I really, really am. Well, it's completely understandable. I mean, we these guys have only faced each other as far as in scrimmages and training camp sessions and practice sessions. Like they have not hit another person other than like their own teammates. And even then that's not really hitting. Yeah. Like this is, you're, you're basically going from zero to a hundred now, like it's being in an actual game time environment. And this is where you're going to find out who, who's going to shine, who really belongs on this team. Because before it was all just speculation. Now you're actually going to see these guys in action. We expect a certain level of, athleticism and talent from every one of these guys and whether or not they'll be able to fulfill it. We won't know until that ball gets kicked off and uh, we finally get to see them truly in action. That's it's exciting. And yeah, I can understand the sort of apprehension you've got with this because you don't want anybody to get hurt. You just want them to go out, play their game. If they can get the win, that'd be amazing because like I said, we haven't seen an Alouette's win since November of 2019, which is unbelievable to think about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in a way, it, it's kind of good that they're they've had a chance now to sort of look at the film versus, uh, like the, the 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 Elks film versus the Ottawa Red Blacks. They kind of got an idea of what they're walking into. It's not completely blind. In that sense, I, I think they'll be prepared. I think they're, I, I think they're just going to be excited to get out on the field and actually play some real, honest to goodness football. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see. I, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a little nerve wracking, but uh, I, I, God, is this Saturday yet? Can it be Saturday now, please? <laughs> yeah, this I, is crazy. I, I, why, why, why are you making us wait with extra days in the week? What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> I wish it could. I wish it could, but it's it's still going to be amazing to see to see this game on TV. Um, you know, again, my apprehension also goes to, you know, the Owls' history out west. You know, I, I, you know, as you and I both know, you you get past you get really past Saskatchewan. It's tough in Alberta. It really is for the Owls when it comes to t- uh, football and wins in Alberta and in BC. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, obviously, with this team, we look at our rosters, we were talking about it last week, and, again, nothing really, nothing can really stand out to us, can it? We have nothing to see. No, because, again, we, we know who's going to be on the roster. We know who's <laughs> yeah. on the practice roster. That's it. I mean, yes, we know Vernon Adams is a fantastic quarterback. We know William Stanback is a terrific running back. We know these receivers are their fire, as the kids say. But we still have not seen them in action in 2021. We really don't know what we're getting in a sense. We we have an idea. We've got a, a concept in mind of what we can expect from this team. But we really, truly don't know what we've got. And there's so many nuances now, like these new new sort of wrinkles that are in the mix. We, we don't know if it's going to work or not. And we won't know until Saturday night when we're watching the game. And, yeah, it's... It, it's bizarre. It's it, it's 
there's just really no other way to describe it other than it's a bizarre feeling to not entirely know what you're going into. But at the same time, like I, I feel confident knowing that the team that's been assembled is going to be a very competitive team. How competitive, we won't know. Obviously, the only time is going to tell that. But I look at this roster. I don't see very many, if any, weak spots. I think Danny Machocha wanted to improve this team. He wanted to make sure this is a very strong, competitive team. And I think, by and large, he's done that. Like He's taken the existing pieces that were in place and uh, augmented them. He's He's helped surround the talent that he's got with other talent. Yeah. In that... If someone goes down, you're not worried like, oh, crap, you know, our, our you know, middle linebacker just went down and we don't have anyone to replace him. Right. There's a ton of talent in that area. There's a lot of talented players in the secondary. The offensive line for years was a work in progress. But now I think that work has come to fruition. And I I feel very confident in this offensive line being able to protect Vernon Adams when he drops back and makes a pass. I feel extremely confident in the receivers that are in the lineup and their ability to make plays happen. I mean, I look at this team and I definitely feel, I feel good as far as what I see. I I think there's definitely a lot to be excited about. There's a lot to like to me right now. Like it's just a matter of, I I think on paper, this is a very talented team, but football games are not played on paper. We need to see these guys in action and knowing that we are going to see these guys in action is, is beyond exciting as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, before we go any further, uh, as we, uh, you know, as we had it last week, uh, we are, had a a giveaway, thanks to our sponsor, our presenting sponsor, Sport Buff, and uh, we got some. I want to thank everybody who entered into the contest. Obviously, there can only be one winner. We will have some more stuff. I think. I think. Yeah, why not, Cliff? I think we'll have something else that we're going to give away, and we'll, we'll announce the new contest here in the next couple of minutes, preferably with a better hashtag. Um. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that hashtag was a, a little tricky, and uh, maybe that's why, you know, like it, maybe if we had a little bit better hashtag, maybe we've gotten double the participants, but uh, yeah. we definitely appreciate everybody who did follow along and interact with us. For and sure. uh showed us the love and you know that we're extremely excited to be able to give away this really really nice alouettes cap and uh you know there's more to come folks i mean so definitely stick around uh you know make sure you're following us on twitter following us on all the socials uh you know checking out the podcast and showing the love sharing it with everybody mm-hmm. uh we definitely appreciate each and every one of you that's been listening to the show that's you know telling your friends about the show and all that it's it, it means a lot to all of us exactly and uh, without further ado, um, the uh, 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 the group of uh, Capper and Pine uh, made sure that they checked that they checked all the numbers more than once to make sure this was done and it was all done in the up and up. Um, <laughs> um, we want to announce that uh, Pete uh, Fuertes. I hope I'm pronouncing that properly. Uh, he is at PGFIII on Twitter. You are the winner of this gorgeous cap, as Cliffy said. So we will be reaching out to you on social media to get your uh, all your deets so we can get this cap out to you. Mm-hmm. And I guess without further ado, we might as well go ahead and announce the second one, Cliff. 
Um, we are going to be giving away this week, again, thanks to our presenting sponsor, Sport Buff, uh, this gorgeous Alowitz t-shirt. Um, we will be putting up something on social, which you will be able to see what we're going to be giving away. And this week, the same as before, with the tweet that we put out, or if you retweet uh, or, or sorry, respond to any of our tweets that are on our social media on Twitter, which is at AlouetteFLDeck, and use the hashtag SportBuffContest, SportBuffContest, you'll be entered into the draw to win this t-shirt. So uh, look out on, on social media. You will see what, what we're going to be giving away. And again, we will put what the hashtag will be. But it is hashtag sport buff contest and yeah, good luck hopefully, that, hopefully, hopefully that'll be a little less confusing a, a few less f's to have to worry about so uh, <laughs> like what the f's y'all? exactly <laughs> yes 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 shout out shout out to Manon for making sure we knew that they were you know what the f so yeah um hey cliff and- uh the Alouettes came across some news I know you wanted to talk about because we mentioned specifically last week about you know the Alouettes having two kickers for the longest time since the late 80s, since 1986 uh, on the roster. Um, the Alouettes came out with, uh, I think it was actually, it was nice to see a story about our two kickers and they actually were able to assign and let us know who was going to be doing what, right? Absolutely. Because we, we that was one of the questions we had was, like first of all, the, once the, the initial shock of Oh wow, two kickers on the team. No no double duty. Like that in itself is a story as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And one of the many wrinkles that this 2021 LOS team is going to provide for us. Now we know between Joseph Zima and David Cote who's going to be handling the kicking duties and who's going to be handling the punting duties. It was made officially official via the Alouettes Twitter that David Cote, who is a 2021 draft pick by the Montreal Alouettes, will be our official place kicker. And Joseph Zima, who was taken in the global draft this year, all the way from Australia, he is our new punter. So make sure you follow these guys on social media as well. We can send out the links for that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, show them the love because now we know officially these are our guys. When it comes to that uh, that coffin corner punt or that game, hopefully game-winning field goal, Yes. now you know who's... Who the the man the men I should say behind the jerseys? Mm-hmm. Should be yeah. It should, I know. Usually, if you've been a long time Alouette, I think one of the names you remember the most is Terry Baker, and mm-hmm. then uh, Damon Duvall. Um, yep. You know, nothing. Sean White. Yeah, Sean White. There's the there's one that got away. Um, yep. You know, and Boris Bede. So these are your guys this year. So I'm curious to see. It'll be different. It really will be different. But if I'm not mistaken, Cliff, isn't this seem to be becoming a norm a little bit in the CFL where two kickers seem to be taking up um, more than one roster spot? Yeah, that's that's been the norm for a number of teams for a number of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, it's just the Alouettes that seemed to be their sort of specialty, if you will, was to ensure that in order to have an extra roster spot available, why have two kickers when you can just have one guy that can do both? And that was always the key was making sure that whoever it was that was the kicker could also punt the ball as well. Right. 
But with uh, everything seeming to be new for the most part with the, this edition of the Montreal Alouettes, gone is that particular rule. And what's interesting to me is we've got a national kicker, field goal kicker, and the global spot has been taken up by our Australian punter. Yeah. So it just adds a, a new wrinkle to things as far as, uh, you know, whether, uh, like, God forbid injuries happen or, or whatnot, like how we replace national players, for example, make sure that it's part of the ratio. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how it all works out. Like, I, I'm going to be a little thrown off. I'm sure the first time I see both Kote and Zima doing their thing, just because I'm so used to seeing just one guy do both. Yeah, who's, who's going to get the who's going to get uh, the rights to the uh, uh, to the practice net? <laughs> ah, yes, that's right. That's true. This is very true. I Are they going to go rock paper scissors? Is that what they're going to do, or draw straws? Or do they bring two nets? <gasps> uh, have we arrived at that point? Have we have has that actually been part of the equation now that we have to worry about practice nets for our kickers? Oh. that's incredible. It's incredible to think, but uh, I guess we'll see, folks. I guess we'll see what happens in Edmonton this uh, this coming Saturday. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see. And I mean, uh, I think kickers did pretty good this week. You know, with the uh, first ever points, you know, scored by a, a Japanese, another global. There, see, they're right there. There's another global global player mm-hmm. who made an impact during this week. So um, it was interesting to to get the transactions and the you know the injury reports is not something that we normally see that's was sent out openly by the CFL by by the teams or the CFL rather mm-hmm. what and what were your thoughts not necessarily who was on them but what what were your thoughts on how how the Alouettes um did what they had to do because I think it's mandated by the league has to be out by a certain time, you know, each day that they practice. Mm-hmm. What, what were your initial thoughts? I mean, did, did anything really stand on us? I said again, not necessarily player wise, but did anything stand out to you how it was done, or did it just seem like seem like everybody, every other league does, you know, like the NFL does and stuff like that, especially when it comes to this new thing called betting? Exactly, and to me, like that's key is transparency more than anything else is letting people know who's injured and what you come to expect especially too once single game betting does truly take this league over which i I have no doubt in my mind that it will reports like this are going to become tantamount to make ensuring that people are paying attention not just to their favorite team but basically all the teams because you want to know who's going to be playing and uh, you know if anyone's hurt before you go ahead and invest a certain amount of money on on a game or on a prop bet or anything like that you you want to have as much information as possible up to and including the injury reports mm-hmm. uh, to me it, it it's a little it's it's a nice surprise quite frankly to see like at least you know okay so and so got dinged up and maybe you know he's taking a, a personal day to to recover from his uh, his injury or a certain someone he's kind of favoring this you know this leg or whatnot and you just you know it, it to me it's all informative it's all part of you know making fans a part of the experience like just getting them to truly invest in the team because now if you want to place a bet on a team ideally you want to know exactly who's going to be in the starting lineup who's going to be out there on the field and this is a great way of just adding to that yeah. To me, like that's to me, it, it, it's something that 
I won't say it's crucial, but it's definitely a very nice tool to have in the the arsenal, being able to understand who might be playing or may not be playing because that way you you adjust your thinking accordingly and adjust your betting accordingly. I mean, I, I personally I don't see a negative to it. I and even if you even if you're not a better, just knowing okay, is your favorite player on this list and why and how long is he going to be on the list and so on. Or if say he had a great game but then, you know, next week at practice he's now all of a sudden favoring his elbow. Okay, what happened? Yeah. And is this going to affect him going forward? And how like to what to what extent is this going to affect the team as well as you know, roster decisions and who comes off the practice roster and so on and so forth. There's a there's a lot of variables to this, and I'm really curious to see where it, where it's going and just how far this will help enhance the I'd say the, the viewing experience for Canadian football fans. Uh, since we're talking about you know the injury report, at least I I have to ask because it was a topic of conversation in week one of the of the CFL. What are your thoughts on the the Michael Riley thing? Do you think that there was something nefarious going on, like some do, um, or are were you in the camp like I was, where it was a game time decision and that's all it was? Well, I want to believe really truly that it was a game time decision. I understand why a lot of the the betting folks would be up in arms over this and feeling that maybe the, the lines were kind of untowards as far as the truthfulness as to whether or not Michael Riley could be playing or was he going to play? Should he be playing? What like that? It's a very important decision because that's your starting quarterback right there. Yeah. Knowing that, especially too, knowing throughout the week, like the lines didn't hide that he was injured or that he was not 100%. Right. Perhaps they weren't, exactly honest to what degree it was because they kind of gave the impression, okay, he's not 100%, but he should still be able to play. He should still be the starter. And he was announced as the starting quarterback until Nathan Rort takes snaps. And then you're wondering what the heck's going on. Where's Riley? And then he was out for the entire first half of the game. Then second half comes back. Uh, Rick Campbell, the head coach of the BC Lions, he didn't seem to know what was going on until Michael Riley jogs past him and ends up <laughs> playing the game. I know. And then you're, sitting, you're sitting there looking like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> like, so I understand why a lot of people were kind of, you know, pissed off, I guess would be the best way to describe it. You know, or at least confused mm-hmm. would be another way of putting it. To me, I, I don't think there was any malice intended by the BC Lions. I don't think they were trying to play mind games or anything like that like to me especially not during the first game of the season i think that would be a a, a very bold thing to try and do I, I really truly think it really was a game time decision as far as whether or not they th- I, I really want to believe that they thought michael riley could go and you know and sometimes you think maybe you can go and maybe you think you're okay enough to play then you get out and you do the warm-up and all of a sudden something just doesn't feel right and you're like no no i, I can't do it yeah and then or he or he get, gets some sort of treatment for his uh, i think it was his elbow that was bothering him and all of a sudden he thought okay now i'm good to go i, th- I think i'm okay I, I can do this and whether or not they should have let him play that's well that's another debate altogether but uh he came in and he actually helped engineer the comeback towards uh, against the, uh, the the Rough Riders and really made the game very competitive. So yeah, and it, and it wasn't like you know how the New England Patriots always did it with Tom Brady. 
you know, where he was always questionable. Right, right. So. And we know the Patriots were not uh, opposed to untoward things or sort of skirting around laws and uh, loopholes and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I would, I would not compare the BC Lions to the New England Patriots in that, in that regards. No, I no, really, no. truly, I truly believe this was a game time decision. Yeah. Riley thought he could go. Turns out he couldn't somehow managed to feel a little bit better. Give it a shot. See if it worked. Uh, to me, it was more kind of a, ri- a very calculated risk on the BC Lions part to let him play. But I mean, it almost worked. The the, uh, the Lions almost made the comeback and almost won the game. I yeah. mean, that's just but that's football, folks. I mean, that's just the way it works out sometimes. Yep. I, I, Riley Riley was the, he was throwing quackers like in the game Duck Hunt. So <laughs> I mean, it it. Yeah, but either way, I said I don't think it was it was, it was there was any malice in it. Um, Alouettes had I don't know if it was a surprise or not, but the Alouettes there really was only one major transaction that the Alouettes had as of we are taping this uh, with the I think tomorrow's going to be a walkthrough on Friday. Uh, excuse me, uh, Friday walkthrough or and then sorry Thursday I think a full practice. Um, Alexander Charette was re-signed by the Alouettes wide receiver out of Guelph. Um, I, I think my first question to you is why? Why not? I mean, a talented national receiver who's been in the league for a couple of years, a uh, former draft pick of the Alouettes, a uh, mm-hmm. fourth round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, didn't, didn't catch on here for any number of reasons. Uh, went to Toronto and played there for a couple of years. Uh, for whatever reason, it didn't work out there as well. Uh, may have just been just a, a numbers game. I mean, especially when it comes to national talent, it's always uh, it's always a, a tough road to hoe. Sometimes uh, you think you're going to get the breaks, but you made you know at the end of the day, there's so many talented players, especially at the receiver position, that sometimes you just end up on the outside looking in. And I, I thought it was great that the Alouettes were able to repa- repatriate him. Uh, as I've said, this team looks really good when it comes to national receiver. You've got uh, guys like Kion Julian Grant, Rashawn Simonize, Chris Osekusi, and now you've got Alex Charette back in the fold. Mm-hmm. That's really, I mean, to, just to have that kind of depth is exciting. And it kind of tells me too that Kahari Jones and Robert Gordon are finding ways to get as many receivers in the mix as possible. And if you want to make a national receiver, like maybe you get two national receivers out in the field, who knows? But, uh, any chance we can get to get some like, talented receivers out on the field and if they're nationals as well, to me, that's a win-win all day long. And it also looks like the Alouettes were playing with less less, uh, less men on the roster for, for them to be able to sign him and not have to release anybody. Mm-hmm. So. No, and I got a feeling, too, like after, uh, after practice on Thursday, we're probably going to end up seeing a couple guys maybe added to the one-game injury list, which is going to create opportunities as well. Mm-hmm, that's... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sort of the finessing, if you will, of the uh, of the roster. Yes. And that's well within the rights of each CFL team to do so. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, it makes me wonder with everybody that's currently on the practice roster, why somebody wasn't brought up? Because I think you mentioned somebody. You mentioned, I think, uh, Chris Osekusi, right? So, yep. I mean, it's, he's on the practice roster. Why wasn't he brought up? Um, and maybe he still will be. I mean, that's like, like I said, until we know for sure what's happening tomorrow, that's 
Yeah, we'll, we'll see once we finally get our very first depth chart. Oh, man. That and, will be interesting to see. Because I, I think that will lay out a lot of what the thinking of Coach Gahari and what the team will look like, who's going to back up whom, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, when it comes to, you know, if uh, when BJ is comes out, who's going to come in for him? You know, same mm-hmm. thing, you know, same thing with, uh, as an example, with uh, Rayshon Simon, because he seems to be, he's going to be the starting national wide receiver. But now that you bring in Charette, he's also national. So, yep. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. It'll be very interesting. I, I said I'm. That's that's the next thing that we know that game day is just that close. Is when we see. Yeah. When we, when we finally get that depth chart, that's going to be like holy cow! This is really real. Like that's that's just it. Like you you finally see where all the pieces are going to fall into place. Mm-hmm. And my God, I mean that's going to be exciting. And then finally, when kickoff happens, mm-hmm. like that's when it all comes to all comes to pass and man it's exciting i mean this this whole week has been nothing but excitement just knowing that it's finally happening i know i mean all the uh, all the other eight teams they've felt that already yeah so it's you know they've been there they've done that yeah we haven't had a chance to feel that yet for the alouettes and my goodness it's it's exciting it's really exciting so what better way to that's the best kind of a segue there Cliff, what better way to start talking about this matchup this week versus the Edmonton Elk than to bring in our friend from the Turf District, uh, uh, Superfan Mike, and uh, when we finish talking with him, well, we'll, uh, we'll talk about some more about this week's upcoming game. So with this week to preview the upcoming game for the Alouettes, the first game day for the Alouettes in 643 days. That's a mouth in itself. How would, you know what? If we ever had a drink for that, or have to have a drink for every single game, I think the person that we have with us to help preview, well, I'm sure he'll join us in a few, a few sociables. It's Mike Knudsen. You also know I'm a super fan from the Turf District Podcast. Hey, Mike. Thanks for joining us, man. Uh, thanks for having me, boys. And I would say sociable. Take it from you guys, but I don't have a drink. Exactly. <laughs> so. Well, cheers to you. Yeah. Sociable. <laughs> Um, have you gotten over the excitement of the game last week? I mean, I can only imagine uh, what you and all the El- uh, newly born Elks fans uh, were going through last week. What what was the atmosphere like over at Commonwealth? Uh, it was pretty exciting. Uh, we do tailgate for a couple hours before the game. So it's sort of, you know, you get the excitement building, you get there, you set everything up, start serving some food and just seeing that you know, CFL family that you haven't seen in some of them in, in nearly two years, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, 643 days. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't nearly as busy as I thought it would be, but we still hit over 30,000, uh, which is remarkable in a, in a, you know, since a COVID world. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it was great. They had massive lines to get in. I think the line was about two blocks long just to get into the stadium, but moved really quickly. Um, you know, I had nothing really to complain about with uh, any of the security measures they had. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just wanted to see some damn football, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, once you get in there and you went to the stands and they announced for the very first time, you know, you know, ladies and gentlemen, your Edmonton Elks, and they ran out on the field, uh, it was just like, 
you know, you weren't sure if you're getting goosebumps or you're going to burst into tears or, or what. But uh, from that end, it, it just got super loud. I can imagine. <laughs> what what was, yeah. what was the most um, memorable moment? Uh, something that made you well up, something that made you just scream out. Because there were there were so many things that the Elks had to do that day besides unveil the Elks. You know, you had all the hundred percent all the different uh, memorials that they wanted to do for the game itself. And I mean, I, I finally noticed the the sticker on the back of the helmet. That was one hell of a touch by the team to do that. And um, what I, I think with Joey. Um, that was a thing that got all of us like, you know, you're, you're like, oh, that's going to be great. We're going to see them. And I'm not going to burst into tears or anything. But when they had the big screen come up and Joey led O Canada to the stadium, oh, wow. there wasn't a dry eye. I got to tell you, like it was it was kind of haunting. Right. It was just to see him out there singing one more time, leading us in O Canada. It was just a really special moment. And uh, you could have heard a pin drop. It was it was beautiful. Do you agree with their memorial sticker and how they did it? Because usually when you see them, it's usually the initials in a circle or or something that, you know, that that is noticeable on a helmet. But the Elks really went a different direction, didn't they? Yeah, I I think that I really like the way they did it just because um, Joey isn't just another player. Like he sort of transcended that, I thought. Um, He's famous not only to fans of the football team, but also the Oilers as well, because he was a locker room attendant for the Oilers um, back when uh, his sister was dating Wayne Gretzky for many years. And that's how he kind of got introduced to it. So Wayne, uh, you know, introduced him to the, the guys at the Oilers. He started there. Then he came over to the the uh, football team side of things. And, um, you know, uh, the first time uh, I saw him in person after I had moved back was uh, at training camp. And Dwayne Mandruziak, who's the equipment manager, longtime equipment manager in Edmonton, uh, brought Joey around and introduced him as, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's a Hall of Famer because he has been enshrined in the uh, Hall of Fame here, the Sports Hall of Fame. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And it's just uh, the outpouring of love for him then and now. uh, It's just palpable. Wow. Wow. I I can only imagine what Cliff and I will be thinking in the next couple of weeks when we finally get to sit Percival yes. Molson and cheer our team, you know, to, to come out. I guess, I guess they're going to be doing. They're going to be releasing the birds out of the birds, the bird cage there, Cliff. I'm guessing. Um, oh, big time! I mean, uh, so it's it's going to be. I can only imagine what it's going to be like. Um, before we get into this week's game versus the Elks, uh, what what was your thought on how the team played? I mean, when you went into it, was it just a matter of okay, you're happy for football to be back? Were you worried about? how the team was going to look was it going to look like a preseason game was it going to mirror what the nfl did last year because they had no preseason games either what were what were your original thoughts going into the game for the elks uh, i wasn't really sure how it was going to go um i was worried at the beginning more about people getting injuries right they haven't gone full speed mm-hmm. in you know 600 plus days um so i was worried that you know this is the first time they've had meaningful contact with another you know body coming at them at full speed <laughs> Um, I, I wasn't thinking nearly so much about the quality of play, but yeah, I mean, when you started seeing, we had a, a really solid first start, like we held them to a two and out, then we marched our way down the field and then nothing from that. Right. And I thought, Oh, well, it's a little sloppy, but okay, we'll sort of settle in. And it seemed to be pretty sloppy on the offensive side of things, uh, on defense, like they were lights out. Um, a good friend of our podcast, Kwaku Botang, um, 
had a monster game uh, with a couple of sacks, lots of pressures, and I was probably most worried to see how our run stopping would be mm-hmm. um, because the the main part of our run stopping ability was a guy that you're pre- going to be very familiar with in Elmondo Sewell, mm-hmm. um, and like he's a beast. He takes the double teams almost all the time. I noticed in the last couple of, in the last year uh, that was sort of getting shared with Mike Moore, uh, also a defensive tackle in the middle. Um, but Mondo's the man, right? Like he is one of the greatest defensive tackles to ever wear green and gold, uh, which is saying a lot because we've had a lot of Hall of Fame guys in that position. Um, and uh, I mean, I haven't seen Father Time doing a whole lot of touching on him yet. Um, but uh, you know, I'm I'm a little nervous for our boys here. But uh, I think our run stopping was great in our game. I mean, we held him to what fifty some odd yards. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, kind of owned that offense and still found a way to make it not happen mm-hmm. yep Cliff. uh what about uh, james wilder jr as you know he was an alouette in name yes. only but yep. uh, he made his debut with the elks uh how did you feel about his uh his burst and uh, his overall play uh this uh starting against it uh against the red blacks I thought he uh, sort of came as advertised. Um, he <laughs> jersey we and all, with him short there. jersey yeah, and he, all. Well, I was going to say part of his jersey. <laughs> I tried wearing that look; it didn't quite go over as well. Um, but uh, uh, we were very familiar with him uh, in Edmonton, just because he burned us so badly every time he came to Commonwealth. Um, but uh, you know, he uh, his blocking is probably his weakest of the three between receiving and, and rushing. Um, but even still, like he, he did all right, but you know, Trevor still was on the ground a bunch of times. So, um, it's something he knows about and he knows he's going to be working on, but man, he can, when he hits the hole, he can, he can get some yards for sure. Mm-hmm. And you, you brought up Trevor Harris and, uh, that's going to be key, I think, for for Edmonton to win their first game of the season is just how well he's go- he's played against the Alouettes in his lifetime. Uh, was there any concerns considering the the fact that he put up three hundred plus yards and still came away with the L? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've got a new coach. I mean, again, much like uh, while James Wilder Jr. was an Alouette in name only, we had a a coach in between Jason Moss and and Elizondo that was in name only that uh, has gone down to the states, but. Um, you know, it's a different coach. Uh, it's all different coordinators, and we're seeing a lot of that same results. But it is the first game of the season with no preseason. So now that they've got some meaningful film to look at the last week, I'm hoping that they're going to see things turn around. But, you know, uh, we'll see on Saturday. Great segue into question something that I wanted to ask you about. And you and I have been going back and forth on just this actual topic. Speaking of game film, um, you know, the Elks go into this matchup versus the Alouettes with none of the Alouettes. Right. But yet the Alouettes, because they had a uh, week one bye, they have game film. In your opinion, which team do you think is going to have the advantage just because of that? I mean, you know, yes, aside, I mean, the Owls are 10, 30, and 1 at Commonwealth. <laughs> I mean, mm. they, they have not, you know, it, it's not as bad as it is in BC, but still, it's only 10 wins. Right. In your opinion, though, do you think it's going to make much of a difference with the Elks not having game film on the Owls in the end, the Alouettes, vice versa? Uh, it certainly helps for your team, especially on defense, knowing what those offensive tendencies are. Um, but I think a lot of the problems we had 
in week one were execution more than scheme. It certainly seemed to be where I was sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw guys dropping the ball. Uh, the interception was off the fingertips of Shy Ross, uh, mm-hmm. you know, then ran that back. And if, if you secure that ball, that doesn't happen, and we have a different result maybe. Um, you're not, you know, it's just they need to get the timing together, and having film isn't going to help. That being said, uh, I think that, I mean, we haven't seen Vernon Adams Jr. play in, you know, almost two full years. Mm -hmm. So that offense, they've had a lot of time to put a lot of wrinkles in there. So I fully expect to see a lot of, uh, not necessarily trick plays, but certainly things that we haven't seen before, and they can maybe take advantage of that. Yeah, And and it's the return, it's basically the return of Vernon Adams to Edmonton since he became... Vernon right. Adams of the Alouettes, you know, when he came in uh, in relief. So, um, yeah, Cliff. All right. Uh, when it comes to this game on Saturday, what uh, what's the one thing you're looking forward to seeing from the Alouettes as far as being a, as far as an opponent goes? Like, what are you looking forward to the most seeing them play their first game of the season? Uh, I'm just glad to see them for the first time. I mean, was able to watch all, uh, you know, the first eight teams play the last week. It's going to be great to see Montreal coming out there. Um, I'm interested to see how we fare against a much more mobile quarterback than Matt Nichols. Um, That's a potent weapon, and we have three rookie linebackers. So that's going to be something that's going to probably be the biggest challenge for the Elks is facing those uh, those options, and not to mention a very different style of running back as well and probably a more potent one. So uh, if there's ever been a challenge, this week two is going to be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I got to admit, the running back matchup does intrigue me. Yes. Technically former Alouette versus a guy who balled out in 2019, left and yep. then came back. You know, they brought in Wilder Jr. because he left. Yep. So... Yeah, I'm I'm very intrigued to see that matchup, even though they're not technically going head to head, but it should be fun. Right. Um, as games go, obviously there is always a little bit of I don't want to know if I can call this sportsmanship. I, this is trying to get under the you know the nerves of certain teams. Uh, you were talking about right. Sewell before. <laughs> I, I think I'm, you mean gamesmanship. Thank you. Okay, well, I don't even want to want to yeah. call this gamesmanship. You know that this to me. And I don't know if you guys agree with this, but this could also almost border on bulletin board material. I don't know if that's the case. It's not like the what Bo I had last week. Um, but for Siebel basically to say about Trevor Harris, you know, you can hit him one time and he starts folding. Right. So what I, I mean, I, it's it's, <laughs> it's like a little shot across the bow. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and uh, he and also said team, that right? I didn't play for this franchise. It's a brand new franchise. I think he also was quoted in saying he didn't play for right. the Elks. So, yeah, I think I think it's still a little bitter also, too, when it came to the renegotiations. But anyways, I, I digress. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. Um, I love El Mondo. Um, when I uh, had a chance to get to the locker room sale years ago, his is the jersey I wanted to get. And I managed to pick up a game worn uh, Mondo jersey. And it's absolutely trash. The wear on it is absolutely crazy because <laughs> he's right in the middle of everything. And I just love the way he played. Uh, I've always sort of liked those, uh, how do you say, like more less celebrated positions, right? I never got jerseys of players that were the star receiver or quarterback or middle linebacker. I was more defensive tackle than defensive end. I was more offensive lineman, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
just I mean, he, he's just a beast out there, and he, there's a reason he's always uh, an all-star year after year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's a, a usually a quiet giant in the middle of the field, but he's mad. Like, he did not like the way he was treated. Um, for better or for worse, I wasn't in that room with him when they were negotiating. He felt he was, you know, not treated with the respect he was due. And whether he was or not, that's between him and, and, and Brock Sunderland. But... Uh, I think this is a special game for him. Uh, he's going to go at 110% like he always does, but there's going to be just a little bit more satisfaction in every hit he gives. Now, talk about uh, Brock Sunderland. Uh, as you know, uh, Derek Dennis, Kenny Stafford, these are guys who have been very vocal about their, shall we say, dismissal from yep. the Elks. Uh, what are your thoughts on this whole notion of a cultural fit when sure. it comes to the Edmonton Elks? I think they're trying to build their version of the team. Um, Brock pretty much has his fingerprints all over the team by now. Uh, he came in in 2017. So it's been, you know, coming on four, over four years. Uh, we're in our fourth season under him. Um, but this is a new coach in Elizondo, um, and he has a way he wants to have this team fit. Um, I don't think uh, every time that a player was left and they were used cultural reasons um, or be a cultural fit. Uh, Elizondo was always quick to say that he was a consummate professional. Uh, he, you know, did everything we ever asked for him, but they wanted to go in a different direction. So I, I find that it's just a, some sort of euphemism that sort of covers a whole lot of different categories on why they might let somebody go. Uh, I wish they would be a little more transparent about saying we have a scheme that we want to fit and we want a different kind of player in that. I think that would go a lot better towards uh, a player's ego or, or reputation if you went with that because then you're like okay well he's a great player but we have a different kind of scheme in mind or we have too many players of that style or whatever right so yeah. but I'm not in the room so yeah um, I, I looked at I don't know if you've seen, I didn't see the Elks injury report. Any of the current injuries that the Elks have released so far kind of worry you in any way? Uh, certainly more yesterday. We had um, uh, Dantney Demery, our, our starting left tackle from last week, was out with a knee injury and didn't play on Tuesday, but he was back in on Monday, mm-hmm. or sorry, on Wednesday, today. Uh, and Armonte Edwards was out with, again, another knee injury, and he was at full practice today. So that's really helped. Uh, I really was happy with Scott Hutter, who was our uh, starting safety. Uh, we drafted him in 2019. Um, and in training camp, we really thought he could be something special. Uh, he really thought the game well, and his but he just was he needed to get himself in the right position. And in that two years since then, uh, he's moved himself into that starting uh, safety position. But unfortunately, he is injured now with, a, again, a knee injury. So he didn't play yesterday or today. So we're going to see uh, Jordan Hoover is, I believe, coming back in. Uh, I'd love to see Jermaine Gabriel in, but he's, again, injured as well. Um, and let's just keep some people not getting COVID symptoms. That would be really, really good right now. I'd love to see Brian Walker back at Sam linebacker. I want to ask you a quick, uh, that, that question, actually, is why do you think, the uh, and it, because that he was not on the active roster, why do you think that Sir Vincent Rogers was not, it did not only come out until they, after they played that he had been diagnosed with COVID? Uh, I'm not sure. He was the only one. I mean, Calgary had a couple of players and they were mentioned. Um but Sir Vincent was the only one that wasn't because he was not on the active roster. So I think a lot of people were starting to wonder, okay, was well, it this guy? Is it this guy? Is you know, whoever. Um, and Sir V is just the kind of guy that wants to be let it known. I'm double vaccinated. Um, I got this 
uh, symptoms, but they are much less than other people I knew who've had this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of his way of getting people that might be on the fence and saying, listen, go out and get that vaccination because it can make the difference between severe repercussions getting it and more mild symptoms. So I think that might be part of why. Do you, do you think it's why, why do you think the elders were as quiet too? Because it, they weren't being transparent about it was because he wasn't on the active roster? I think so, yeah. I mean, they're only talking about, listen, we have to have these two, this guy in COVID protocol because mm-hmm. he's starting Sam linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, originally on the injury report, the, the day of, it just said uh, illness. And it wasn't until the next day that they switched yeah. that to COVID protocol, right? So, yeah. um, you know, thank goodness that they finally have it out there. But I, I think that they just need to really get that being more transparent, especially now that we're really pushing that, you know, single game betting. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, well, I'm also thinking. I'm also thinking too with uh, uh, with COVID, pro- COVID protocols being with the R and so many false positives that uh, yeah. have come about as well. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just a matter of just you know really playing it safe, like better safe than sorry kind of uh, situation. Yeah, because yeah, we actually had a coach that there was three people that were um, that had come up as positive, um, and one of them was a coach, and then he that was uh, he went to the PCR testing, and it came back negative, so it was a false positive that first time with the quick testing. So yeah, I, I think that you want to get people in front of this and saying, okay, this has come up, they're going to be retested, and we'll go from there. But yeah, baby steps. Uh, Cliff, I, I don't know if you've seen, if you saw the injury report for the Alouettes. I think for me that the two names that really uh, stand out to me right now that are on the injury list is Patrick Levels. He did not practice today. He was well. He was limited. He has a finger and a hip injury. It doesn't cool. go into much specifics. And I'll say Dante Absher. Uh, he, he he was a full participant, but he also has a hip issue. Um, yeah. So there are others on here, Jermaine Grace, uh, Criff uh, Favoroso, God, I'm pronouncing that properly, Alexandre Dupuis, and... Oh, former, uh, former and, Edmondson guy. Yeah, and Rashad Ross. Mm-hmm. Did I forget anybody? J- uh, Jermaine Grace. Jermaine Grace also. Yeah. He has, uh, actually, he was limited with an ankle, Achilles. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Whoa. yeah. <laughs> well, it is, without question, uh, Absher would definitely be one of the biggest concerns, mm-hmm. along with Levels, because mm-hmm. Levels, levels yeah. we know, we're expecting him to be essentially the captain of the defense this year so mm-hmm. hopefully his issues are are minor and they're just it's more precautionary measures than anything else uh absure i i fully i've said it before i fully expect him to become a superstar in this league but i don't want him to blow anything out during the first game as yeah. you said being played in like 600 plus days so if he if he's not feeling 100 percent, i'd prefer he just sort of hang back maybe don't make the trip to edmonton because lord knows there's other great receivers in the lineup for the alouettes that can pick up the slack and mm-hmm. and, and do the thing but uh you know i guess we'll we'll, we'll see how tomorrow's practice goes and uh, that could end up being the uh the deciding factor that's true. did he have limited participation today or was he full hold on check checking again who are we talking about uh after after full participant with hip oh so he actually did fully play. So. Yeah, yeah, he was the only one, the only person who did not participate at all was Ki- uh, Chris uh, Favoroso, foot injury. Mm. So, um, what? yeah. Do you guys like the, the new uh, reporting for injuries? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think it, it really lends to the transparency, which this league has not always been the most uh, <laughs> adept at doing. You don't say. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But the, but the thing you know, is, with me, other other teams though, I've noticed that other teams are actually posting it on social media, and I I'm yep. actually checking now. Do the Alouettes actually make this known? That's what I'm checking here. 
I haven't seen it myself. I mean, no, unless... they, I know the the L- yes, it. they did, they did, they did it uh, as as we're taping here. They did it uh, um, early evening. They actually did post it. Okay, so not not as pretty like as the other teams, but it's there. <laughs> you have to be five o'clock Eastern time. I think they have to have it posted, right? Oh, it, uh, this one. It, well, I'm just going by dates. It's three hours, so it could have been before that, right? So, um, I know that we we both want our teams to win, obviously. But, sure. Um, what do the Elks need to do in order to win this game? Uh, I think uh, on offense they have to have some red zone production. Obviously, it's great getting 400 some odd total yards in a game but if you're not scoring a touchdown and you're the only team in week one that didn't score a touchdown Mm -hmm. of all eight teams that's something you need to fix like you need to either change the way you're doing it or like start throwing in some wrinkles something that's going to get the ball in the end zone uh on defense i I said earlier like we have uh very much a rookie linebacking core so you have to really watch um between standback and and vernon adams like that those are two incredibly powerful weapons with their legs and if they start running some options and you're a young 23 24 year old linebacker out of college right that's you know i think that uh, we've been burned before in the past with experienced guys with rookies it could be a long day on the field for that defense yeah I, i'm i'm curious to see how it works out because our defense has been tooled a little bit obviously with the loss of Joe, john bowman but we did gain some stuff right. here we still we still got greg reed uh, dude i i mean that guy can ball i swear yeah. um i'm i'm worried about the offense kind of cliff and i will uh, are, talked about it more in this episode anyways but mm-hmm. um yeah i hope it doesn't look like a week one preseason i, I don't think it will but I, i'm you know the owls have been lucky in camp they really have as far as right. injuries go so uh i thought it's interesting too though that according to bet regal that the uh, Elks Owls game has the highest over under at forty eight point five. Interesting. So that gets me some scoring. Yep. Currently, the Elks are a one and a half point favorite. Oh, interesting. And that's a home game, so mm-hmm. virtually a toss up. Uh, yeah. As close so. to a pick 'em as you're going to get. Yep. Yep. That's true. Hey, uh, what do you guys have coming up on your pod? I mean, it's everybody knows you're a part of the uh, Canadian Football Podcast Network. Um, you know, you guys had to retool, obviously, with the change of names and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, what do you guys uh, have coming up in, in the future on your podcast? Uh, well, I think we've got some special guests coming at our next recording, which is actually tomorrow night. Uh, you might have heard of these guys um, uh, from the Alouette's flight deck. So we're uh, looking forward to that. Otherwise, it's just the three of us on there. I think that, you know, you guys are special enough mm-hmm. guests. We don't need any other else. Oh, we're special, flashing. right? Exactly. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, we were back recording once a week. Normally, we record on Monday nights, but uh, Andrew was out of town. Uh, so uh, we're back on uh, Thursday night this week. Um, but, yeah, I, I love being back weekly. It's great seeing football games and talking about it a couple of days later. Um, yeah, it's it's been an exciting time. We're all video now. So mm-hmm. last year, we were an audio-only podcast with a little video 15-minute intro before we started recording. And uh, it's been fun. It's uh, certainly lots to learn in doing a video podcast, but I find it flows a little better before we would do bits and then edit, you know, all the things in between. When you're video, you can't. It's live. I know. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it can be sometimes a little nerve-wracking, but, uh, you know, oh, all the fans are, 
Yeah, all the fans are, are pretty forgiving for sure. So uh, we just love getting a chance to interact, especially when you're doing a live podcast and you have people typing in questions or comments and everything else. Tim, I see you there all the time, and <laughs> and it's uh, it's great. I love the interaction. Um, getting a chance It's not quite an ask me anything kind of thing, but uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to getting back to talking football regularly again. That's cool. And I, as I say, I know we'll be on, on the pod. But for those who happen to listen to this before they watch you guys, uh, I, I know you have a show and tell each week. Give a, can yes. You, can, can you give us a tease just for the for the fans who want to tune in? Uh, there's uh, there's a few things. Um, I've been very lucky in uh, in my collecting of of uh, Edmondson football memorabilia, regardless of the name, um, and I managed to get a couple of uh, pretty cool items uh, this last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, including a uh, an item from 1973. Uh, people that have seen pictures of what goes on behind me might have an idea of what that might be. Um, so I'll be showing that off on uh, on the uh, hoard and tell, as we call it. Uh, <laughs> just a chance to sort of see, uh, uh, yeah, some some pretty cool items that are out there, and uh, yeah, hopefully people like it. Uh, the the segment and uh, you know the feedback's been great. So I'm expecting very, very shortly, Mike, that it's going to be the uh, Turf District Hort and Tell sponsored by Got Junk. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be on A&E before you know it. A and E. Oh, there we go. Ooh, I like That's it. That's nice. A&E and E. Better, better trademark that now before Cliff does. That's right. Patent pending. Patent pending. Yeah. Pat, yeah, yeah. Uh, anybody wants to get a hold of you, Mike? How would they do so? Uh, well, they can obviously get a hold of the podcast at The Turf District. That's our Instagram. That's our Facebook. That's our Twitter. Uh, or if you need to, you know, want to get together with me and chat, uh, probably the best way is at 56 Parkies on Twitter, on Instagram, on uh, pretty much everything social media related. Cool. Well, uh, I think we said this last time you were on. uh, We will be enemies for three hours, but after the fact, we can all share a drink. Exactly. Friends off, and then we're back on. Exactly. Uh, Take care, Mike. All the best to you guys over at the uh, Turf District, and uh, we will hopefully see you very soon. Yeah, very soon. Always great to have the guys on from the Turf District. Uh, If you haven't been watching their their pods, you, you really need to because... You know, as we talked about it at the very end, not only does Mike know, you know, um, Edmonton football history, but his collection is just wacko. I, I mean, I wish I had, I had the space for what he does. Uh, but him, Andrew, and the commish, uh, Commissioner Kayla, uh, give, give, him a, give him a listen. Uh, they're, it's well worth the time. Absolutely. It's always a treat to talk to Mike. Uh, he, you, you, you feel the passion in his voice when he talks about Edmonton football. Uh, and that's going way back from like, you know, decades. You're talking decades of football <laughs> knowledge when it comes to super fan Mike and to see him fully embrace the Elks, uh, everything about the Elks and, you know, going forward in this new new era of the team, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's exciting to see. And, you know, it's it's just going to make for a very fun atmosphere out in Edmonton for the Alouettes to play. And I'm, I'm you know. I was really hoping they'd get that first win for for their fans out there, so that you know maybe they wouldn't play so hard against the Alouettes and let them get their first win. But you know what, the cream always rises to the top, and I, I think regardless of the outcome, we're going to get ourselves a very exciting 
fast-paced, fun football game. I hope so. Um, one more thing that we want, I want, Cliff and I wanted to bring up um, was about this, you know, betting in the CFL. Now uh, we wanted to at least mention that, as everybody knows, I mean, you can listen to our whole, entire historical archive over at AlouetteFlightDeck.ca. And then including some other places where you can listen to the podcast, any of the uh, aggregates for podcasts, um, including our new YouTube channel, which is the audio version. And we hope you guys will check that out. And at Cliff, uh, I think there, there are quite a few places where they can go listen to the big name places where they can listen to the podcast if necessary. Uh, what are those? Oh, I mean, you name it. I mean, we've got, uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, tuned in. Uh, as Tim said, uh, check out the YouTube if you want to, if that's how you digest podcasts. Yeah. Uh, that's a great way to do so as well. I mean, like, there's certainly no shortage of places to be able to download the podcast. Uh, by all means, check out the website as well, www.alouettesflightdeck.ca. You can always, always, always find the podcast there. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you're one of those types that, you know, you're, you're loyal to your certain podcasts and your, your your podcast formats, by all means, just you just, just type in Alouette's Flight Deck, however you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Uh, I'm fairly confident you're going to find us there. So, And, and, you know. it, and if, hey, if you head over to alouettesflightdeck.ca, you'll see a little bit of a tweak to our website. So uh, uh, we, uh, there you go. we finished that up. I think it was late last week. Um and finally, not only do we have a giveaway, but because it is the first time that the Alouettes are going to be playing football in so many days, we have to mark the occasion with a special discount code for our merchandise store. So if you oh. go over to teespring.com slash stores slash Al's flight deck and use the promo code FLIGHTCREW, F-L-I-G-H-T-C-R-E-W, at checkout for a limited time through Sunday this week. You will get a 15% discount on your entire order of any of the lines of our, of our flight deck merchandise. So. Oh, that's awesome. And tell you what, folks, we've, we've had a lot of people buying the merchandise, and we appreciate each and every one of you that has done so. If you haven't yet, this is the time to do it because 15% off, that's a, a heck of a deal as far as I'm concerned. So mm-hmm. make sure you use that promo code Flight Crew, which is in honor of all of you, all you great listeners. As far as I'm concerned, this is the flight deck. We're the captains of this ship, and y'all are the flight crew. We we want you, we, you come on board with us. We appreciate you. You show us the love by pur- purchasing this merchandise. The least we can do is give you fifteen percent off, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, the least we can do is well, the least we can do is nothing. But you know what? We're going to do one better. Than that. <laughs> we're give fifteen percent off. <laughs> That's right. Now, as we know, the it's becoming a big thing now with with betting in the CFL, and you know, with the I think it's hard to believe that there are actually lines, uh, game lines that are on the CFL.ca. Showing you know the over under and the the, the, the uh, whichever team is favored. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that Cliff yep. and I did back in 2019, where we were in um, New Jersey and Atlantic City to be, uh, to yep, be specific. Atlantic City, and we decided, you know what? Hey, let's let's go into the 
let's go into the to the sports book and uh, put some money down on the Alouettes to uh, to win the Grey Cup. And uh, that's what Cliff and I did. We weren't able to go to Atlantic City, obviously, uh, but we did, did decide to go ahead and put some money down. And at first, I think, oh yeah, you know, they had this new thing for the CFL where we can go in and 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 get, you know put down our bets and you know bet regals the the big thing that they're pushing and you know it's like oh wait it's a free site even so even yeah. though that there are the laws that are in place of what that you can do it on a game-by-game basis i guess not everything is set up with the league um partnering with bet regal i think oh yeah no problem but it's a huge as we found out BetRegal.net versus BetRegal.eu, I think it is. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, couldn't do it. <laughs> so we had to go other ways. Cliff and I both did them, did them other, had other means. We went to two different sites to bet for the Alouettes to make it to the Grey Cup, to win the Grey Cup. And uh, what what we did, mine was a, I think mine was a, I think mine was a hundred to one. A ten to one. Mine was ten to one. You get the same odds? Uh. Yeah, essentially it was uh, ten to one odds, which, yeah. I mean, that's it's kind of funny because when, when you see these initial lines and you're sitting there like, wow, they have no faith in the Alouettes whatsoever, mm-hmm. and God only knows why. I mean, you know, it's understandable. Hamilton would be the odds-on favorite for to win sure, the Grey Cup sure. this year. I get that. That that makes sense. Winnipeg, defending Grey Cup champions, I definitely see them getting a lot of action. Saskatchewan, well. Christ, everybody's going to bet on Saskatchewan because that's just what, <laughs> that's that's just what it is, right? I mean that that's you know they're the oil that fuels this uh, this league of ours, whether you like it or not. But see the Alouettes all the way down in the like the lower tier, if you will, of, of football teams. I'm like, wow, like you really have no faith in Vernon Adams. You have no faith in Kahari Jones. Did you not watch football in 2019? Did you not see what the Alouettes did? Oh, oh, so you're just going to give your money away. Okay, you know what? No problem. I have absolutely no problem taking your money. Fine. I'll, I'll gladly take those odds, please. <laughs> I, please, sir, can I have some more? Yes. I mean, holy cow. Like, yeah. like, I, I, okay, Ottawa, BC, I can understand the disrespect for them because Ottawa had a 3-15-2019 season. Uh, BC Lions... This year, there's a lot of question marks with them as well. So I, I get that. But the Alouettes, like, what? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I just have a hard time wrapping my head around, like, them being one of the bubble teams. Uh, I think Edmonton and Toronto are the other ones that, you know, a lot of people either have a lot of faith in or absolutely no faith in as well. It seems like of those three teams, Edmonton, Montreal, and Toronto, those are the, like I said, bubble teams as far as, you know, Futures betting goes for the uh, for the for the 2021 Grey Cup. Yeah, and I'm mystified, quite frankly. I mean, I mean, all three of these teams have made tremendous progress as far as improving their team. As far as I'm concerned, they will all be competitive this year. But it's just the absolute disrespect, and to me, I, I'm just laughing. Like I'm like, okay, no problem. If you want to do the Alouettes like that, that's fine. Now, I'll put a few. I'll, I'll put. I'll put. I'll put a few bucks down, and uh, again, come December twenty twenty one, I got no problem taking your money, folks. Yeah. Simple as that. Did Did you find? Obviously, it'll get better, but did it sour 
your experience in any way being able to to bet on the on these CFL futures knowing that uh, even though it is available that we weren't able to to bet on these things in Canada I I think you could because it was funny us being in Quebec there are some places that we can't bet at even though they're in Canada mm-hmm. if I remember correctly I think Bodog's one of them if I remember correctly because there are three well, yeah there there are three main ones that we've seen so far, other than you know Bet Regal, that are that teams are promoting and advertising with. So just right. just, just watch 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 the games last week, and you'll see it's more than just Bet Regal. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for you, you know, neither of us are really our betters, you know, you know, but when it becomes available next, I, I'm thinking next year that there'll be single games. Will you be more or less to, to bet more? Or will you do it more often or will it just stay the same? Because yeah, so we're, we're I, just betting on the futures themselves, not not on a game-by-game not, not game game basis. Right. And I think, again, once all that becomes implemented as well, and I think this year is kind of a bit of a launching point for that, Like, mm-hmm. and I'm sure this will be a chance for them to sort of iron out the kinks and – uh, anything anything that could possibly go wrong as far as betting goes, whether it comes to the futures betting or being able to bet on actual games in yeah. real time as well. Yeah. I, I know that that's the one thing that they've talked about with the passing of uh, C-128. That's the uh, the single game betting uh, law that's about to become official law here in Canada. Yeah. Once that gets passed, I think a lot of things are there's definitely a lot of movement that's going to happen. And I can't help but wonder if like these current sites like Bodog and uh, bet Regal and all that, like a lot of it is a kind of a soft opening as far as allowing people to participate in like CFL games, as far as being able to, uh, I think the, the idea is uh, in time, we're going to see these prop bets pop up a lot more and being able to bet in real time. And yes, also being able to bet on the gray cup and who's going to make it and such. Yeah. There, there, it is very much in its infancy, but I, I definitely see the potential in it. I definitely see how much fun it can be, uh, especially now with people paying more attention to the injury reports, because this is what it's all going to lead to is people want to be able to place a bet on one game. Ideally, they may want to bet for their favorite team to win a game mm-hmm. or if they've got a favorite player bet on that player yeah. and you know for example like how many yards is bo levi mitchell going to throw for is he going to break 400 or not uh well that, that many- that's what they were doing even on the pregame show which i like they're doing on the pregame show this week they are doing all the different prop bets and stuff like that so it's mm-hmm. it, it's obviously they're the networks are going all in at least with the league and tsn i don't know what they're doing on rds um but they seem to be everybody seems to be going all in on this thing which is good yeah definitely especially too with espn still sort of carrying the TSN feed as far as uh, any sort of pregame shows or anything of that nature. If uh, fans in the United States start watching CFL and they start betting on it as well in their own local sports books and all that, mm-hmm. like the CFL doesn't necessarily get that money, but it does generate interest. It definitely generates viewership. And now all of a sudden you've got a whole bunch of people in the States that suddenly give a rat's ass about this, uh, Red Blacks versus Blue Bombers game that's going on yeah. on a Thursday night. Yeah. Whereas most people may, unless you're a fan of either of those teams, you may not be interested. But now all of a sudden, you've got some skin in the game. Now you want to see, oh, well, you know what? I, 
I'll, I'll wager 50 bucks that uh, the Red Blacks end up, uh, you know, I'll take the over for the Red Blacks kind of thing. For sure. Just to see if it if it pans out. Like for a lot of, I, I joke about this, but a lot of degenerates down in the States and even up here in Canada, they'll bet on just about anything. <laughs> That's what's going to help generate that excitement for the CFL is it, okay, I don't know anything about these teams, but I think this guy, you know, I, I'll throw down 20 bucks on this. I'll throw 20 on who's going to have more passing yards, so on and so forth. Yeah. Like, that's going to be part of the fun and part of the interest. And eventually, I see CFL teams embracing this and allowing you to place bets while you're at the stadium. Like, having a kiosk set up for those very things. Like, so you can bet on how many yards Vernon Adams is going to throw. You can bet on how many times uh, William Sandback is going to get the ball. And what the final score is going to be stuff like that. Like, I mean, just interesting stuff like that and have it all done in real time is going to be huge. Oh, for sure. And I think it's going to help generate so much interest from outside sources that normally wouldn't give the CFL the time of day. To me, that's what I'm really curious about. I, I, I can't even begin to wrap my head around just the potential that this has. And it's huge. And as far as I'm concerned, the fact that the CFL, TSN, all of these other parts of the of this league are embracing it and now helping people sort of get educated on it because there's a lot of people like just they really don't know how it's going to go like i mean you play like uh pro line or mise au jour as they call it here in quebec and you have to it, you do what's called a parlay like you're, you're basically picking at least three teams to win to lose whatever and it's based on that but everything's got to pay off like everything's got to fall into place which whereas, did which did this week for two two fans betting what was it betting the red blacks in toronto that came away with a thousand bucks on that parlay. yep so there you go so, and, and that's great but i mean a lot of fans just want to bet on one game mm-hmm. and now that they'll be able to it again the 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 potential for this to become massive is yeah. is there it's right there for the taking and if the cfl can find a way to profit off of this like this is one of those things that's just going to help ensure the league's stability for years to come. It sounds crazy to think that a bunch of degenerates are going to help <laughs> the CFL, but you know what? By any means necessary, that's how you really got to look at it. And you know what? If this gets more eyes on players, it gets more butts in the seats. I just I don't see the negative to it. Yeah. And the fact I don't think the CFL is. I think now they're starting to realize just how huge this can be, and they're jumping in with both feet. For and sure. I think it's great. And yeah. I'm really curious to see how it's going to go. I'm personally curious myself to see just how far this can go and just how is this going to change our the, the way that you and I and your average CFL fan watches games going forward. Exactly. Well, if you don't have, even if you don't have any skin in the game this week, we are just so pumped to be able to watch the Alouettes for the first time in oh, oh, so many games. But for the very first time in the 2021 season, the Owls will be on the field, and we will be watching. So make sure ESPN, I think it's on ESPN+, Plus, um, TSN, RDS, ho- however you're going to be listening or watching to the game, uh, we want to know, uh, we, we hope you have fun, and we want to know what you're going to be doing and what you think about it. So um, you can reach us on uh, at Twitter at uh, Deck. Uh, let us know you're watching the game. Um, we're just... Uh, we're going to be there with you, Alouettes Nation. We really are. So, mm-hmm. Cliff, enjoy the game, my friend. And uh, we'll be back and talk about post-game stats, feelings, thoughts, and on what we hope will be the one and know 
Montreal Alouettes. So, here's hoping. Here's hoping. We, I, th- I, I, th- I think we do. I think we've earned it. I think we deserve to go one and zero this this week. Yep. So for everybody here at the Alouettes Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Kepper. We're on final approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.